Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministry to help men grow spiritually and help pastors and uh, to reach men in today's culture, discussing the issues that men face every day. This is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. I am Mike Salen, your host for this evening, and I thank you for joining us. You know, when I talk to pastors and men's leaders, um, I often tell them over the over the years, we have done an excellent job of getting our men to put their hands to work serving the community and those in need. However, in that same conversation, I will often say to the church, we have done an equally poor job in discipling our men to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Today, my guest is one who understands this all too clearly, and as, as he is uh, with an organization that is discipling men to help men be the men God created them to be. My guest has uh, felt an irresistible call to help men everywhere have a deep and intimate walk with God. Because other men invested in his life spiritually, he was radically changed. Now he is continuing this call as he's a member of a growing team at Trans World Radio in the Every Man a Warrior ministry. And God allows him to serve as the Southeast Area Director of the Every Man a Warrior, helping men learn the skills to walk with God, succeed in life, and spiritually multiply. Currently, he lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee with his wife and family. Welcome with me, if you would, Chris Ackerson from uh, Every Man a Warrior. Chris, I appreciate you joining me today. Glad to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. Good, good. Now, now, you know, there's two questions I like to ask uh, my guests all the time, and one of them is uh, a Bible verse that God may be using in your life right now to to uh, either minister to you or maybe a verse that you see is very beneficial for you in, in, in the ministry with every man of warrior that uh, uh, that might be good to share with our audience to help them to understand and know you a little bit better about who you are. So if you could share a verse or if you have a verse like that to share and tell us why, why that verse is so meaningful to you, I'd appreciate that. Sure, Mike, that's, um, you know, the more I, I walk um, deeply or deeper with Jesus, the harder that question gets because you get so much into, into great scripture. And so I, mean, I considered uh, Romans 6, 6 and 7 has been uh, one that's been hanging on me lately. Yeah. Do I really grasp that I'm no longer a slave to sin? Do I buy into that 100 uh, percent? Hebrews 4, 12, um, because I keep getting deeper into the word, just this idea of how the word is alive and powerful. And in fact, the word is more than just what's in the book. Um, you know, John tells us that uh, Jesus was the word. And so Amen. There. Yeah. But if there's a verse that has had the uh, the most impact on me, and particularly as it ties into every man a warrior, is really the first verse that we, we teach men or we talk about. And it's Matthew 22, 36 to 38. Um, I think as uh, church guys in particular, I think we have a tendency to jump to the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. um, but when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He didn't give the Great Commission. Um, when he was asked that question, oh, yeah. he replied and said, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, that this is the first and the greatest. So he doubled down on that. And um, from the time that really got put in front of me in that way, it didn't it ceased to just be a Sunday school verse I'd heard probably hundreds of times in my life and has really become a mission in my life to learn more every day how to love God in, in those ways. Amen. Amen. Well, that's good. Yeah. And I appreciate the, the, the 
fact of what you were just saying is we often talk about going and making the disciples, but uh, Jesus was very adamant about the fact that love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Uh, this is the first and greatest commandment, he says. And of course, you know, if you go on with that section of text, it talks about in mm -hmm. second, it's like the first is to love others uh, as yourself, so to speak. And, and, that, and that is so, so true. I appreciate you sharing that. Well, let me ask you this. You know, all of us that are in men's ministry of some, some form or fashion, God called us into that ministry in some way. And, and every one of us was called uh, probably in a unique way. Um, none of us probably have the same story. So I, I want to ask you, Chris, how did you get into this ministry? How did God move you into an, um, into the area of ministering to men, and particularly in the area of understanding the importance to disciple other men? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think when you say everybody's story is unique, I joke sometimes and say a lot of us Southern boys, at least as <laughs> SEC oriented Southern boys, have our, our testimonies are 95% the same. We grew up in church, you know, because it made our moms and our mamas happy. Uh, we learned how to be good church boys until we started to learn how to not be good church boys, <laughs> usually around high school. And then we go off to our our chosen SEC football school and we live like the devil for four years. And then sometime after that, we get married and start having kids. And the only pathway we really know is, well, we're supposed to go to church, right? Cause that's just yep. what we grew up in. Yep. And um, then we just become back to being church churchy guys. And so I did that. I mean, that was literally my path. And uh, I realized my life wasn't looking quite the same as my mom and dad's who are fantastic followers and lovers of Jesus. And so the only answer I knew was to get back in church. And I spent a decade in church living out the religiosity side of it, right? I was doing the right things. I knew how to polish up on Sunday, but that didn't necessarily reflect who I was at home. And that just builds up frustration over time. I mean, you're just tired. Mm -hmm. And for me, the, uh, the, the turning point in that was, um, uh, our church did the men's fraternity series, the original men's fraternity. Oh yeah. And, uh, that. Was, yeah. Great stuff. And, yeah. and, you know, took us back to who God designed us to be as men. And I just felt God pulling on me in that, but the real key wasn't the series as good as it was. The real key was through that God connected to me with a man, um, a guy named Bernie Ritterbush, um, who founded a ministry here in Chattanooga called Men's Ministry Network. He did it kind of in response to Promise Keepers. And his goal, very similar to what I hear you, Mike, you know, we, we are cut from the cloth. We want to grow up to be the Bernie Ritterbushes uh, of the world, serving the church, serving men, and calling them up to the right thing. Well, I got introduced to Bernie, and he spotted the, the frustration in me and began to spend time with me weekly. I got more lessons drawn out on napkins sitting in a diner, I got biblical truth, all this stuff. And um, <laughs> then God got kind of sneaky in that, and that Bernie very slowly pulled me into ministry with him, which was never on my radar, mm -hmm. uh, to the point that I ended up working for him at Men's Ministry Network. I eventually took over. Uh, you and I met through the Iron Sharpens Iron Network. We were another ministry that put on those conferences. And so I was up running that ministry and, and still kind of being a good church boy, but maybe better than I was before. Um, and Bernie, who had retired, shows up with this set of books that looks like another set of boring old man Bible study books, right? We've been to the we've been to the conferences, and there'll be guys that I mean, great hearts and great great men, and their kind of last thing they do is they put it on paper, and it's good, um, but there's a lot of them out there, right? Yeah. And usually it serves the people they know personally, and that's kind of the way I took this. 
And Bernie had to kind of force me into this Bible study. Um, and it's Every Man a Warrior. And we begin that whole process. And Every Man a Warrior begins to teach us as men how to walk with God through things like a, a simple, basic quiet time. And I'm just following the rules, Mike. And to be honest with you, I, I kind of had a bad attitude. I was, I was analyzing to see if this was worthy material, right? Like I've got some great qualifications. That's, that looks like that looks like a lot of men are sitting in our church is what you just <laughs> did right is, there. It absolutely is. And so um, we were probably five or six chapters in, and there was an old guy in our group. Bernie put me in a group with two 75-year-olds. He was 71, 72, and a 69-year-old retired Nazarene pastor. And so if my attitude wasn't already bad, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to, this is going to be just a snoozer for me. It's a terrible attitude, Mike. But we go in and we're about five chapters in and one of those 75 year olds who is a pillar of a man. I mean, he's, he's again, one of these guys you want to grow up to be as a Christian man. And he came in one day and kind of plopped his book down on the table and poked it with his finger and said, nobody's ever taught me this. And so we're really curious what he's talking about. And here's what he said that was the huge turning point for me. He said, for 50 years, I've been getting up and having a quiet time. I get up, I read my daily devotional. For him, you know, that age group, Oswald Chambers, right? right. So he reads his uh, my utmost for his highest. He said, I'd look up the scripture and I'd spend time in prayer. And by all normal measures, a good quiet time. Nothing wrong with any of that. But here's what he said. He said, learning this skill set of, of having my own quiet time, I've realized that all these years, I've been reading Oswald Chambers' Quiet Time, and nobody taught me how to have my own. And my God just pierced my heart with that to go, Chris, quit being a jerk. Quit quit having this arms crossed, analyzing, and listen to the call. That's not really a, it's not every man a warrior. This is the call Jesus gave us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And we can, most of us can quote it as good church boys, but we don't know how to do it. And so, um, this every man a warrior process changed my life. And because of that, and because of some of the blessings God gave us, mostly through the ministry Bernie Ritterbush had been doing for 20 years and the connections with men that he had made, we just began to see a, a growth and an excitement for truly walking with Jesus uh, in the men in Chattanooga. That led to a relationship with every man a warrior. And through that, here I sit. Um, I was invited three years ago to come on staff initially just to cover the state of Tennessee, you know, starting in Chattanooga. And now that has grown throughout the Southeast. And um, it's, it's nothing short of exciting to see God on the move through something that still kind of looks a little bit like a boring old man Bible study, Mike. To, to, <laughs> to the book by its cover like I was trying to do. But we just see God changing men's lives, including mine, consistently and constantly because we're working hard to love God. Yeah. And, and you're right. You know, it's, it's amazing how sometimes, you know, my life didn't change either. So somebody tapped me on the shoulder is what I like to say and invited mm -hmm. me into a, that one-on-one -on -one type relationship with another man. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was, it was a, a group of guys that was meeting together at diving deeper into the word who really, who really ministered to us. Now I, you know, you, you alluded to the fact that you and I are connected through uh connected through eyes eye or iron sharpens iron mm -hmm. and that um, i think lottie burger was there too the original the, the writer of all this material we're, we're getting ready to talk about yeah. i'm not sure if that was that same time or not 
but uh, got to know Lonnie and, and got to know a little bit about his background and, and coming about this. But share a little bit with us, if you would, about how all this come about. I know I know it's somewhat Lonnie's testimony to some extent, his story. Yeah. But still, could share share a little bit about how this Every Man Warrior curriculum come about, and uh, and and and, the, and and how it has. Have, you've seen it change people's lives. I know I've seen it, and you know I've been yeah. I've been leading guys in this material for I don't know two or three years now, and mm -hmm. and and I I've seen uh, how it has changed people's lives, and so uh, sh but share a little bit about how it all came about. Sure. So um, and of course I've learned all this by hearing Lonnie tell his story. Right. But, um, Lonnie is uh, is. Um, um, from Nebraska, old Nebraska farm boy, mm -hmm. and um, um, really grew up in Christ through the Navigators ministry when he was in college and went on staff with that ministry. For people that aren't familiar with the Navigators, it started as a military primarily ministry, mm -hmm. grew out into college ministry, and is really all over the world. Right. In fact, Lonnie served with them in Romania. He was like a secret missionary. You know, this was back in the, in the kind of 70s and the 80s, I guess when it was still communist. And so he's got an interesting story around that. But um, Lonnie leading men uh, through the traditional way of teaching uh, began to feel a frustration that he could teach guys things. He'd lead them through a good Bible study, but if he challenged them to go on and lead others, he just consistently hit that wall of guys going, no, no, you're the teacher. You know, you keep bringing good material to me. And, and, that can be pretty frustrating. So he began to pray, uh, he says, for 20 years uh, uh, for God to deliver a tool, a resource, a way to really get men to move beyond just being consumers of the word and truly to become disciple makers. Mm -hmm. In the midst of all that, he uh, he had some really hard times. I mean, there were hard things going on uh, in he and his family's life that he now looks back and says, God, use those hard times to begin to write uh, on his heart when he had to really go and seek God is the only way to get through some extremely difficult times. He now says that's how God was writing this in him. And um, he tells a story about, uh, uh, it was probably 15 or so years ago now that uh, on a prayer walk that he got a you know, clear kind of message from God that said, okay, Lonnie, you've been praying about this. Uh, it's you and you need to write this. And I, I think that was a surprise to him Kind of like I said, it was a surprise to me to end up in ministry. And so he begins to take the lessons that he's learned over those past 20 years in his personal pursuit of God and the time he spent with other men and uh, begins to write this Bible study. Uh, farm boys are very practical. And so uh, it, it is different the way he wrote this, just the approach. The content yeah. is biblical. So I mean, it's not like yeah. the content uh, is new in, in that sense. The stories are that are throughout every man of warrior are real stories of men mm -hmm. that Lonnie uh, was connected with and got to pour into over time. And so those things came together uh, along with a process that uh, I'm convinced only a practical farm boy could come up with of uh, checklists and simple processes uh, to teach men basic skills. And so it'll be 10 years this October that the book actually, the books, there's three books in the series right. actually published. And um, the way they work, you know this, but uh, the simple process out of these three books, the first book is uh, all about the skills of walking with God. Yep. Um, and we lay a basic foundation. I like to say this is the 100 level class 
that the church seems to miss before they move us as men into two, 300, 400 level uh, spiritual material. And we need those basics. And so we teach guys how to have a simple, quiet time. If you're going to love God, you've got to spend time with him. And so we teach a very basic, quiet time. We expand on that by helping guys learn to, you know, the scripture tells us to meditate on the word, but we don't know what in the world that means. Uh, we help them learn to start just asking questions. Now, that's not an emptying of your mind. That's a diving deeper. We get guys to start memorizing scripture. We want men to, to be men who love God. We want them to be men of the word. Uh, you know, Psalms 119 tells us, you know, how does a young man keep his way pure uh, by keeping it according to your word? I've treasured your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so we begin to help them build that skill of really putting God's word in their heart through memorization. Um, and then we teach guys how to pray. I was, again, a great example of this. I could say a great dinner prayer. I could open and close a meeting, and I sounded great. My wife would hear me pray and go, who are you? <laughs> you sound like that any other time. But so, so we know how to do those things sometimes as church guys, or if, if you're a brand new Christian, you don't know this at all. We don't really know how to have personal prayer with God. And so we, we lay some foundation of that. And Mike, I remember a guy, this was outside the church. This was a, a boss of mine years ago in the restaurant business who said something that, to me that I think applies to this. He said, Chris, if you want to do something well, you have to be willing to do it poorly. Meaning don't expect to jump into something and be great at it right off the bat. And I think we lay that, unintentionally lay that expectation on Christians, on Christian oh, men in particular. Right. In our case. And right. then once we get in the church culture, we don't want to admit that we don't know how to do these things. That's why that 75-year-old guy's comment of nobody ever taught me this had so much impact on me personally, because if he could be that humble to admit, he had missed the most basic of personal skills to walk with Jesus. Who was I to think that I knew it all? Yeah. And so we, we talk about skills a lot, Mike, in Every Man of Warrior, because guys get that. Don't give me just some fuzzy idea out there. Give me some instructions on exactly what to do. I'll do that, what you tell me, until I figure out a better way to do it for myself because I've got experience. Right. You've got to give them the experience. And so that's what we do. We lay that foundation. And then books two and three really take the, uh, the lessons from 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, where Paul's talking about what an elder in the church should look like. Yep. And if you dig into that, Paul was super practical. He he understood us men because the points he hit on were marriage and raising children, uh, money, uh, sex and moral purity. How do we make our lives count? These are the things men worry about in the real world. And it turns out Paul was all over that in terms of how God wanted to shape us as men. And so we use those topic areas to then hone those skills, to sharpen them. Um, Ecclesiastes 10.10 says, if the ax is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Mm. And we love that verse because if we can get guys thinking about this is a skill that I'm learning to spend time with Jesus, to dive deeper, to just get quiet long enough to hear him. These things don't just happen to most of us. I'm sure there are guys that that's happened to, but for the vast, vast majority of us, we need somebody to help us learn a basic skill and then practice it long enough that we get good at it for ourselves. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the interesting thing is that uh, you're so true is that we get a lot of guys like ourselves who grew up in the church. I'm one of those also. And, 
and there's a phrase that uh, someone shared with me years ago, and it said, "We're often told, but rarely trained." And uh, we're often we're often told as men what to do, but we're rarely trained how to do it. And one of the one of the groups that I took uh, through this uh, the first book, and uh, when I was taking through the first book, I told them I said, "I think it was what is it." Uh, Eight weeks, nine weeks in the first book, nine weeks, nine yep. weeks. and uh, and I told him, I said, "Look, I want you, I want you." And it took a few others to it. I said, "I want you to come through this book with me, but I only want you to commit to me four weeks. Commit to me four weeks through this book. You'll get a feel for what this is all about. And if you think it's not something for you, then you can say I won't be back, and no questions be asked." Well, we got through there, and I held that commitment. They were faithful in their attendance. When we got through the fourth week at the end of it, I said, okay, we're finished up my fourth week. You've been faithful to it. I'm going to owe up my comments. If you don't think this uh, this type of study is good for you, then uh, just tell me you won't be back. Well, not a man left. And in fact, one man said, in 40 years I've been in church, I have never had anything like this. Wow, that's great. And, and so, so you know, it's, 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 a, it's a super, super way to, to minister to your guys and be able to help them to understand the facts of those three things, particularly that every guy needs to have in his life. And that is a, a, a solid reading of the word, a solid prayer life, in a solid way to to journal and to and be able to write down what God is teaching you and, and tell you. Yep. So that's that is super. You were saying there were three books, and I know that uh, several days ago when you and I were talking about uh, scheduling this particular program, you said there was a fourth book that's coming out now. Is it uh, out? Is it out now? It's out. And. Uh, if you uh okay talk to us about it yeah so um uh bob ream is a guy that's been on our staff almost from the beginning another guy that had served in navigator staff um uh, ex-navy guy and uh bob was impacted significantly by every man a warrior and the the skills and lessons that it taught but bob had a very specific uh lingering long-term uh struggle in his life which was around the issue of pornography mm-hmm and um, if you've looked at all the, the statistics, I'm sure you have, but if anybody watching hasn't, the most recent Barna, George Barna kind of study on this says that seven out of 10 men in the church, yep. not in general, but men that are showing up in the church have yep. a significant problem with, uh, with pornography. Yep. And so we just recognize the huge battle that's going on for men. And so Bob, who's an exceedingly smart guy, uh, but had had this battle for a long time and had realized how much the skills he learned in Every Man a Warrior had made an even greater difference in his life than all a bunch of other things that he had tried over time. And so what he did was he took these same skill sets, the things we'd learned in book one that we had practiced in book two and three, and began to apply those kind of uh, in, in hyperspeed um, to this particular issue of pornography. And so there's 17 chapters in that book. Um, it teaches even deeper and newer skills uh, for guys that the, the the answer to the pornography issue has to be more than just behavior modification. And so the principle in this is you've got to backfill. When you've created that space in yourself as a man that you've been filling with pornography or really any addictive behavior we've been learning as guys go through this, you have got to fill that space with the things God has given us. And so deeper worship, more scripture memorization, 
more focused, uh, quiet times going after these issues in your life, you got to replace that. If, uh, I can't, I can't place where the exact scripture is right now. You know, the story where the, the, the demon goes out and the room, the house is cleaned, but then he comes back with his seven friends, right? Yep. Yep. If you don't refill that house, if you leave it open, uh, the enemy's going to come back in and come back in in greater force. And so we want to use this love relationship with God, this loving him with heart, mind, and soul, and the skills that we've learned to fill that house with the right things. And so that's what every man of pure warrior is, is doing. Uh, we're seeing it healing a lot of wounds in men. Um, there, there is never, there, there's nothing that a deeper relationship with Jesus can't solve, I believe. And uh, this is absolutely. this is just taking a deeper move in that for guys. So yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I was kind of amazed that you did, did that. You know, this past year, uh, 2020, dealing with the pandemic and so forth, and a lot of guys are sitting at home twiddling their thumbs. They're 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 not going to be bored for long. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. find something to to, uh, to take up their time. And many of our men have unfortunately has has moved into addictive behaviors or they have returned to addictive behaviors. And if you go out there and talk to people like Sam Black with Covenant Eyes or Mark Mm Dennis with uh, uh, There's Still Hope or Nick Liberto with uh, Proven Men, you will find some interesting interesting stories, statistics about uh, guys and and how that has truly increased um, men in the church has truly increased over the past 12 12, I guess, 14, 16 months that we've been dealing with this per, per se pandemic um, and since a lot of things have been shut down. Fortunately, things are beginning to open up again, but but still, it's a lot of guys that, that we really need to touch touch into, touch our lives into. Yeah. So, so that is super. Well, Chris, you're going to be with me um, on September the 11th in Monroe, North Carolina at, uh, at the uh, North Carolina Baptist on Mission, uh, Igniting the Hearts of Men Conference. You're going to be uh, there with, uh, with your material of Every Man of War. You're going to be doing a breakout session there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be there all day long, of course, and you're going to be doing the session a couple of times that, uh, that you're there. Tell us a little bit about what you're going to be talking about, if you don't mind, and, uh, and, and sure. sharing so guys can understand uh, a little bit of what what we kind of do uh, at these types of conferences. Yeah, so so I've I've kind of touched on it a little bit as I gave the general picture of every man a warrior, but um, we really see uh, out of scripture a biblical template or what we call building blocks mm-hmm. uh, for how to to develop and train uh, leaders of Christian men. And so the, our, our first building block, I've already talked about it a lot. Uh, is this whole idea of, of learning to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Um, every building block has a scripture. So Matthew 22, 36 to 38 uh, is the first scripture that guys memorize. Uh, and then every building block has a skill. And our first skill on that building block is that initial, simple, quiet time. Well, we continue to build on that. I've already mentioned uh, building blocks two and three. Uh, The second is being a man of the word, where we help guys learn to meditate and dig deeper in how they ask questions of scripture and to memorize. Um, We've got scriptures there like 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that all scripture is God-breathed. Joshua 1, 8, um, about meditating on the word, right? 
so, so we build on those. So, so what I'm going to be talking about is unwrapping that entire set of building blocks. It goes on into the second Timothy three and Titus one, uh, but why those things are important and where they come from and how we then take that template and create a process that first you personally as a man need to grow in those skills to be a leader, but then how you can turn around and take those skills and train other men in the same way. One of the things I didn't mention, we were talking about, you know, every man a warrior and where it came from um, is things we've observed and learned as we've watched guys go through. Uh, Mike, you and I have both been in, in men's ministry for quite a while and the typical um, men's ministry in a church or for men, we will bring something great like the men's fraternity that I mentioned. We'll get guys to an iron sharpens iron, these really good things. But the typical man's response to that is what's next. They want to know what the next thing, good thing we're going to bring to them. This was my attitude when I first looked at every man of warrior, right? I'm, I'm judging to go, is this a good enough next shiny thing to do? Well, here's what we've seen happen in every man of warrior is, half of the men that finish all three of those books, books one, two, and three, are going on and leading their own groups. And we build into that, and I'll be talking about this in my um, in my breakout session as well, that uh, there are ways that we learn and retain things we've been taught. Um, when we go and hear a sermon or we hear a lecture, studies tell us we only retain about 5% of that. Um, if we want to get all the way up to what would be, you know, a level performance and retention, right? When we think about school, there's a lot of analogies to school that work with this. You don't get to a level performance until you're at 90%. The way we get to 90% retention, Mike, is we teach. Like when I come and lead this uh, breakout, guess who's going to learn the most by preparing for and delivering that breakout? It's me. I'm going to get the most. And when men realize, hey, if I if, if I will take the skills I've been given and I will go pass them to other men, yes, it's going to be important to those men. But what it's really going to do is lock those truths in for me. So as I live out my, my life as a Christian husband, as a Christian father, I don't want that just to be something that blew by me and I got most of it, but not all of it. We want to get guys to keep diving in. And so that's what's exciting when you've got a, a template for guys. They realize this doesn't have to be men's ministry leader, Mike or Chris, that does this. No, the average Christian man can take what he's learned and pass it on to other men. Mike, we've got, um, we've got guys that are into their fifth, sixth, seventh generation deep mm. as they've trained men. We had never seen anything like that. So this, Again, simple looking, not fancy training resource that a Nebraska farm boy God put on his heart. I think the simplicity of it may be part of what makes it work because it's it's not fancy. Guys go, oh, this is simple. I can do this. And they're doing it. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And it's, it's, and it's so important for us to be able to to be able to pass it on. You know, Paul taught us that so, so often. And one of the verses I often quote comes out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse, verse 8, where it says, but Paul said, I was being so affectionately desirous of you that we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. And, 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 that, and that is so important for us to fully uh, to understand. And then he went on to Timothy, and basically he told Timothy in the second Timothy chapter two, 
yeah, he, he basically said, you know, you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who is able to teach others also. So that's the whole process of multiplication of being able to being able to share what God has taught you and others have taught you and passing it on to other guys. And then for them to do the same thing, that's that's really what Jesus yeah. was talking about when he talked about the Great Commission in Matthew 19, you know, uh, excuse me, 28, 19 yeah. and 20. You know, that was really what Jesus was talking about. And so is that we need to do that, going and make disciples of all people in all nations. Yeah, I love that you, Second Timothy 2, 2 was one of those verses that when I first got into ministry, I kind of, you know, was cutting my teeth on. I yeah. remember a guy who's in his, probably he's in his early 90s now. This guy was posted <laughs> in a CBMC at one point. His name's Roger Erickson. And man, this guy loved to get men out for coffee. And yeah. he'd start pulling out sugar packets. You know, he'd have one of the white ones, a blue one, a pink one, a yellow one. Oh, my gracious. He'd line those out on the table to start talking about this four-generational picture of Second Timothy. And I continue to use that with men to help them understand, look, when, when you lead somebody, so this is usually guys that are about to lead every man a warrior. When you lead a guy through every man a warrior, you aren't finished with that guy just because he completed all three books of a, of a resource. Absolutely. Right? That's not Absolutely. the point. Yeah. Your responsibility is to be sure that you have trained him well enough that he can go on and lead someone else. And that's not proven until you see him lead others. But that's you're right. still not done because you need to know that you have trained him in a way that he can then train another man who goes on and leads somebody else. And so to just paint that generational picture and the, the you'll see the light go on with guys when they get that, they go, Oh, this isn't just me leading another class, you know, a church activity. I led a lot of different Sunday school, this Sunday school, that they needed a volunteer. So I would lead. Mm -hmm. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not the same as disciple making and leader development. It's, it's just passing on information. The people you taught it to, probably retained about 5% of what you shared. Yeah. But when you get a guy to lead a man and train him to lead a man, man, he's he's getting into the close to the 100% retention right now. Uh, that's what we want to see happen in men's lives. That's right. And, and you brought up a, great, a good point about Sunday school and so forth. Sunday school is great, and it's, it's super, and it's very important in, in men's lives. A lot of churches are calling it something different these days. They may be calling it life groups, home groups connect groups, whatever the case may be, but still the same process where you have a larger group of, of people. And usually a lot of times it's co-ed and uh, this is men Pacific or women Pacific. That is a type of discipline, but that's not the type of discipline we're talking about here. That's you right. know, we're, we're talking about where uh, just like Paul was saying to the Thessalonians and to Timothy of taking his life, what God has taught him and pouring it into another man's life, sitting across the table. We had a, uh, you and I had a mutual friend, I believe, and he was a big mentor of mine, Jeff Kasaya. You used to he really oh. style and instill in me the importance of sitting across a table. You know, when he and I get together, he would always, uh, he loved going to Cracker Barrel. And he just loved <laughs> to sit across the table at the Cracker Barrel and just and just talk to you about uh, what's going on in your life, pouring, pouring his life into it, training you and teaching you how to be a men's leader. And in, in that particular case of what he was mentoring me and he really instilled in me the importance of, uh, you know, you need to take time throughout the week to grab one or two men and uh, 
go to a coffee shop, go, 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 take a, go to a lunch or something like that and just let them share their story with you. And then you can move them into some kind of a discipling relationship. What a great, great, great word there, Chris. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, we're kind of coming up on our time here. we got a few more minutes. Now, one of the things I want you to do, if you would, I mean, we talked about the three, actually four books that's in the uh, Every Man a Warrior Now. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about uh, uh, you being with me at uh, the Monroe Conference, Uniting the Hearts of the Warriors. Um, and let me put that, let me throw those who are watching this, I'm going to throw that up on the screen for a minute so you know what it is. Uniting the Hearts of Men Conference, which is a baptismalmission.org. Uh, ministry that, that is going on. I think that igniting is spelled so, spelled wrong right now, but that's okay. And uh, and and uh, we're talking about that and you being being there with us. But I want you to share a little bit about um, what you're seeing in men's lives. And and I know you've shared the importance of it from a from from the biblical perspective of discipling. But men are struggling these days. And we're seeing that. I want you to share a little bit about what you're seeing and share a success story or two sure. of taking, taking a man through every man or warrior and uh, and being able to uh, help him to develop that that habit of, uh, for lack of a better word, that example, or integrated as part of his life is probably yeah. a better word, better phrase, uh, so he could grow deeper in God. Yeah. Boy, Mike, we need a, about a four hour uh, podcast for all the stories that have been building up. Yeah, I just need you to take one or two. <laughs> <laughs> one that's a favorite. In fact, this is a guy that you probably ought to have on as a guest at some point. Uh, the same time I got in my first group, uh, you know, we had a lot of men around here in Chattanooga that had been to things like Iron Sharpens Iron and had been really wanting to live out this disciple making. One of those guys was a fellow named Carl Willis. And Carl was the, uh, or is the children's pastor at a fairly large Baptist church here in town. And, uh, but he has a heart for discipling men. And so he grabbed a hold of every man a warrior and I don't know, led three or four groups right out of the gate. So he was an overachiever. We don't tell everybody to lead three or four groups, but Carl was one of those guys that could do that. So he leads his first uh, year guys. The second year rolls around and Carl leads another group, you know, four or five groups. And I'm just in amazement of this guy because I I can two's about my limit, I think, at a time, just what I can handle mentally. So I went to him and asked, said, Carl, how, how did you how did you recruit these guys for the group? I'm trying to learn better how we can do this well. And he said to me, he said, Chris, uh, well, about half the guys in this second round of groups, I just, you know, personal invitation, me just hunting for guys. But the other half of the guys that are in these groups are here because their wives are friends with the wives of the men from the first round of groups. Mike, we hear this all the time. The, the impact, the, the wives that are watching the changes in, in husbands' lives and not just behavioral changes. I mean, I've been through some good things that motivated me to go try and make some behavioral changes with my wife. But when wives and kids begin to go, why are we seeing dad in the scripture so much? Why is dad sharing his quiet times with us as a way to teach us and tell us where God's taking him. And, and they just see a difference. Well, the fast forward that um, after probably close to five years now, since we started using every man, a warrior in Carl's church, they have, I don't know, roughly 120, 140 men that have been through, but Mike, there were five generations deep in leaders this past fall. There's so there'll probably be six, 
potentially this coming fall. Five generations deep, Carl led a man who led a group, and one of those men led a group, and one of those men led a group. We just never saw that. And that every time I think about that and watch how a children's pastor, not the senior pastor, not the men's pastor, he was just out watching the dads of these kids coming into the children's ministry and knowing how they needed this if they were going to raise their children and be models and leaders for them as dads. It just gets me excited to, to watch those things happen. And we've seen it happen multiple places. That, that all happened inside one church. I'll tell one more. Um, I went to this men's retreat that was not your typical men's retreat. Lonnie sent me to it. It was actually a group of guys connected through a multi-level marketing business that their wives were in. And one of the head ladies' husbands got tired of just spending time at these multi-level things and started this men's retreat. And he called it his kind of his secret evangelism because he's a Christian guy. And he had been introduced to every man a warrior when he was in the army over not far from you. What's uh, what's the army base over uh, in, in North Carolina? Well, um, you got two, you got two of them. Here. I, I got Camp Lejeune, which is a Marine base. Just not the Marine the base. And then we got Fort Bragg. That's, that's where he was. Okay. So at Fort Bragg, he'd been introduced to a navigator's guy. He'd had Lonnie come to this retreat the year before. And then Lonnie sends me the next year. And I get there and start to hear stories from guys. And the one that so dramatically stands out, a guy that was an atheist, when he got there the year Lonnie spoke, and Lonnie shared a lot of the, the hard times in his life that these guys really identified with. And this guy says, I don't know how to explain it other than one minute I was an atheist and the next minute I was not. And he listened to the leader who said, hey, as a, as a new Christian, you should go through every man a warrior. He does. He uh, actually moved from Seattle to Nashville, and he's a brand new Christian. Having gone through every man a warrior, he doesn't know the rules, Mike. And he goes to do his group because he, he listened. He's supposed to lead a group, and he asked the senior pastor of his multi-location Baptist church in Nashville to go through every man a warrior with him. And the pastor's blown away because nobody asked the senior pastor. <laughs> and here's this atheist guy asking him, so the pastor went through, he got excited, he he listened to us. We try to get guys not to turn this into a church program because it'll be, you know, looking at it like I did. They'll, they'll put it in that box. Right. This pastor quietly led his four associate pastors through, and now all of them have led groups. The pastor also called his brother at a church down in Alabama who was a deacon. His brother gets excited, leads his senior pastor through, and now they're leading their whole deacon team through. It just jumps from place to place like that because men get excited when God is moving in their lives. It's not about every man a warrior. Every man a warrior is just a tool to help guys get there. And Absolutely. it works. Absolutely. But it's the word of God and it's the relationship with with the God, the Father, and Jesus and the Spirit that changes men's lives. Amen. Chris, I appreciate that. I, I don't normally do this, but I've got to do this. Uh, uh, you know, we get people making comments while while we're on the air, and I get to see those comments coming across. And I got this one comment that just came across that, that uh, I think will encourage you uh, a little bit, but I'm not even going to say who it came from. But it says, but the guy said, an amazing story of how to train up men and then go out and lead their own group. We all desire that, but rarely see it lived out. Looking forward to September the 11th in Monroe. Mm, so, awesome. so, 
So super, super stop, guys. Super stop. Well, Chris, I appreciate you being with us today. I wish we had more time, man. We, you and I could talk about this for a long <laughs> For like you said, about four hours, you know, earlier is what you said. But uh, we don't have that much time, I know, and uh, we got to move, got to move on. And other people, uh, people's got got other things they need to be doing too. But it's been such a pleasure to having you on today. And I will tell you, tell our audience, if you want to know more about Every Man of Warrior, go out there to everymanofwarrior.com. And you can see the material that they're at, and you uh, will, will probably find Chris. I'm Chris. I did Chris. I didn't ask you permission, but I hope you don't mind because I know I can find it on the website anyway. But this is Chris's email address. If you, um, for those of you who are watching the video, but those who are not, it is Chris C H R I S at everymanawarrior.com. If you want to reach out to him, and I promise you, he will be glad to mention. Be sure you come to see uh, Chris and myself at the uh, Uniting the Hearts of the Men Conference in Monroe, North Carolina. If you want to know more about that, go to the baptismalmission.org website, look under men's ministry, look under programs and then men's ministry, and you will find it there and more information. If you want to know more about what uh, I do in ministry, go to kickfearmen.net and we'll tell you all the, the uh, resources that we provide. And, and uh, you want to schedule me to come in and speak to your men, I would be glad to do that. And you can reach out to me at mike.salent at kickfearmen.net. Intentional Conversation with Mike Salent is a ministry of Cape Fear Men. So I appreciate you all joining us today. And I will tell you this, as a men's ministry uh, mentor used to tell me, constantly when uh, he would pray over me or anybody else. And I'm sure Chris heard this too was after he, after he, at the end of his prayer, he would say this blessing over us. He would say, pray that God will give you a rock to stand on a brook to drink from and a tree to shade you by. So guys, I hope you've enjoyed the, the, the program today. And I hope you'll join us again next time on intentional conversations with Mike Sandlin. God bless you.